0: Hi, Mitchell Levy, global credibility expert. Welcome to this special credibility episode of Thought Leader Life, where we're talking to amazing humans from around the planet on who they are, what they do, and in essence, their credibility. Jay's guest is Timothy Sullivan, who is a vice president of business development at Sales Performance International, SPI. He is a sales performance expert, sought-after speaker, and author on advanced sales and marketing topics. Timothy, Welcome. Oh, thanks so much, Mitchell. Appreciate it. Good to be here. <laughs> it's great to have you. Hey, so what is,
1: uh, tell us a little bit more. What is your customer point of pain? What is your CPOP? Well, the principal point of pain that, that I try to address is the lack of, of, of sales, uh, the need to sell more, you know, to put it bluntly, uh, and to more <laughs> profitably. So, and you were, when you and I were talking uh, in the
0: green room, it was typically sales organizations of, 25 or more salespeople who just are not selling as much as they need to or as That's much right. as they want to.
1: <laughs> yeah. we I mean, I like to work with larger organizations um, and they're often struggling with uh, having enough opportunities or winning enough of those or uh, the deals are not big enough or they're losing to no decision or it's taking too long. So trying to get at the root cause as to why they're having a productivity problem is essentially what I and uh, SBI do,
0: and and as much as the the world keeps changing, there are many companies that may be in favor today and disappear, or or are not in favor tomorrow, and and the organizations are not keeping up to speed with how the rules
1: keep changing. Tell me a little bit more. What do you do? That's right. I mean, buyer behavior's changed a lot, continues to change, just because of technologies like this. You know, the way we interact is very different today. And so as a result, effective sales behaviors change a lot too. Uh, So one of the things that we do in working with our hundreds of customers and the research we do is try to identify what those trends are and help people to stay at least in step, if not ahead of the trends. Um, And we do that through training and consulting. We also have some technology tools can be integrated with CRM systems. We pick the right mix depending on what the issue is. Got it. That makes sense. So you're, you're
0: figuring out what's happening in the world and helping the company figure out how to, how to perform and do things differently.
1: And, Absolutely, yeah. yeah.
0: That makes sense. Hey, so tell me how, or explain a little bit more about the credibility you have to do what you do.
1: Yeah, well, credibility is extremely important. Essentially, we are consultants, people are hiring us for you know, my expertise and, and SPI's expertise. Um, and if we can't demonstrate that, we're gonna, not gonna generate any trust. Uh, people are p- literally putting their in their personal future and their organization's future in our hands. So credibility is extraordinarily important, uh, or frankly, we won't sell anything. So uh, that's the first thing we try to do is establish that credibility. That and that.
0: And tell me about yours. How, how do you have that credibility? What, what have well, you done?
1: Several things. i number one, I've, I've written a few books. Um, and uh, that always helps, you know, as these things are great for, uh, you know, having a, Basically, they're, they're they're glorified brochures but uh, demonstrating you know all of your knowledge and putting it in a way that people can absorb that and so that that's a high credibility builder I also do a lot of public speaking as well uh, speaking at major industry events and also uh, client sales meetings and so forth about latest trends and when people get to see those a lot also record those and post them on social media like my LinkedIn profile and so forth people tend to see them there. Um, I also write uh, a lot uh, in a variety of different uh, professional journals related to sales and sales best practices, uh, sell it in Europe. For example, I've got three articles uh, You know, that come out just about every, every other month. So uh, people read those and I repost those on social media as well. Another thing I do is if I see some, some trends or something that's published, that I think is of interest. For example, uh, there was some research done recently by Florida State University on some sales best practices, which I thought was really interesting. So I posted a link and sent that to everybody who's in my network. And people tend to look at me then as a, uh, a dispenser of some good ideas uh, and an expert in my domain.
0: Well, I, I actually appreciate that. And I appreciate you answering the, the question on how do you go about sharing your credibility? Let's go back just to the question on a little bit more about your credibility, like things that you've you've done that puts you oh, in the position you are today.
1: Absolutely. I'd love to hear
0: a little bit more about that.
1: Well, frankly, the most human way to to share my credibility is to tell stories. Right? So one of the first things I do is when people first engage me, they say, okay, it seems like you have a point of view, but why should I do business with you? And so we're innately wired to listen to people tell a story. Well, once upon a time, there was a sales manager who was similar to your situation and here's what she did, and the kinds of things that we could bring to the table, and here are the challenges that we had to overcome, and here's how we overcame them, and they all lived happily ever after. You know, those kinds of, of stories are extremely riveting, and once you kind of start, people can't, can't it, let's stop listening to those. You do, you do a few of those and provide some examples, then you get people to start to think, well, what you're telling me is that if we could do something similar in my in my organization, I could get these kinds of results. Okay, now I'm interested. So I find the best way to, um, to get people to admit that they have a problem is to first share how we help people with similar problems. And then it's easier for them to say, yeah, that sounds similar to what I'm dealing with. Let's talk more about that.
0: And, and how many clients have you worked with and SBI worked with over, over the years?
1: Wow. Well, we recently merged with Richardson Corporation. I don't know if you're aware of that, but so now we're the largest independent sales performance company in the world. And uh, uh, SPI and Richardson are about the same size. So I think we have about over 1,200 different customers that we have worked with uh, over recent years. And we work with some of the largest organizations in the world. It's it's fascinating. I, I have the unique privilege of being able to fly pretty much all over the globe, working with some of the largest uh, sales teams in the world. And one thing that I've found is that while there may be some regional differences and some cultural differences at its core, the way buyers make decisions and how salespeople relate to them is pretty universal. And so uh, once you understand that and kind of weed through, you know, all of the cultural nuances of it, the essential behavior changes are relatively the same, mm. uh, which... Some people don't necessarily agree with, but I've just seen it hundreds and hundreds of times. So it uh, makes it easier then to bring best practices that people can apply in a universal fashion and get better results.
0: Um, well said, I agree. And, uh, and so listen, you know who you are. If you're watching this episode or listening to this podcast and you've got an organization, a sales organization of 25 or more and you're, you, you just know in your heart of hearts that it's not performing to the level you need to do. You're going to want to reach out to Tim Sullivan. Uh, Tim, what's the best way for people to go, help, go about doing that?
1: Best way to do that, uh, first of all, you might want to go to our website, which is www.spisales.com. Www.spisales, uh, you can drop me an email at info at spisales.com or you can give us a call at uh, in the US at 704-227-6500 and be very happy to chat with you.
0: <laughs> well said. I always love it when when, when you when the the sign if you are listening to a, a good really good person who this is their job. They're in sales. They, right. they got to give you this phone number. Like give me a call. I want to talk. Right? and Absolutely. And Thank you. Appreciate you just being you and sharing your your credibility with us today.
1: Hey, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Good luck. Oh, you, you're
0: welcome. Hey, guys, and, and for those watching, uh, you know, Tim's story, SPI, and what they're doing needs to be shared. So click on the like button, share with your friends, and we'll see you at the next episode of Thought Leader Live. Take care. Bye now. Okay. Hi, Mitchell Levy, global credibility expert. And welcome to this special Credibility episode of Thought Leader Life, where we're talking to amazing humans. And trust me, Robert Rose is one of those. Amazing humans from around the planet about who they are, what they do, in essence, their credibility. So I mentioned it. Today's guest is Robert Rose, who is the founder of a consulting firm, the Content Advisory. He has helped marketers tell their story more effectively through digital media. And I'm just going to say, and a whole lot more. Hello, Robert hello my friend how are you doing (laughs) good i you know i just thought you needed a little bit more on that bio so um (laughs) uh just so the audience knows a little bit more about you what is your customer point of pain what is your cpop so enterprise marketers
2: today struggle with the idea of scaling and measuring content as a functional strategy and that's a huge pain point for them these days
0: so Measuring marketing, content marketing as a functional strategy. Yeah, I'm just thinking about this. I don't know. Lots of people talk about this, but sure. this is a huge. So having sat on the board of a public firm, having run a CEO networking group for a decade, this is one of those quintessential s essential things. Hey, how come marketing can't be measured like sales? And why can't co- content marketing be measured like sales? Because, you know, you have the barometer. All right. So, Robert, I'm curious. Tell me more. What do you do? <laughs> well, good. Oh, I'm glad it. I'm glad it makes you want to
2: know more. So, yeah, it's this idea that, you know, look, These days in the world we live in, we produce more content than we do anything else. Every business does this. I don't care if you're in the business of manufacturing widgets, consulting, legal, healthcare, whatever, you produce more content than you do anything else. The interesting thing is, is that content still is treated as everybody's job and no one's strategy in most businesses. And this marketing is usually the place where you're going to think about housing something that would be strategic in the way that the business is gonna to speak to the world. But it doesn't. The big pain point, of course, is that right now, content is an on-demand vending machine for most businesses. It, you know, The content marketers are pushing out blog posts and social posts and widgets of all sizes and shapes of content. And the challenge is, is that there's no measurability there, there's no scalability, and the operating models of how content actually operates in the business is completely imbalanced. And so really what we try and do is help those organizations cover that pain by strategically approaching content in much the same way you would accounting or marketing or sales or finance or any of the other sort of documented, well-approached methodologies. And that's what content really is at the end of the
0: day. Okay. That was an elegant spin on content. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, share with the audience how you have credibility to do what you do.
2: Well, thanks for that. Um, so uh, one, I've been doing it for, oh my goodness, now going on 30 years, if you can believe that since the sort of birth of digital. I've got the, the great Johnson thing that. on that one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but over that time, I've truly been blessed because one of the things that I've been able to do is work with a number of companies. I mean, I've worked with more than 200 of the Fortune 1000. I've worked with 15 of the Fortune 100. And it gives me a unique perspective because as a practitioner, a former CMO, I'm a practitioner of content, I'm a practitioner of marketing and getting to work with actual marketers in big organizations and see the problems that they have see what really works, see what really doesn't work, understand the culture and the politics of how content is treated in the business has given me a unique perspective to one, write three best best-selling books on the topic. And two, more importantly, really get to get my, you know, hands dirty when it comes to getting into these companies and really working with them. And that's, I, I have to tell you, it's what excites me the most is actually getting in there and doing the work.
0: Yeah, and you and I have known each other for a while, and I've seen you in the industry and what you've contributed, and it is no small feat. Matter of fact, my, my chief content writer who helps pull together the, the, uh, the actual bios and things like she goes, I don't know about this guy, but he seems really important, and we need to figure out how to work with him. I'm like, okay, <laughs> we'll do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> Robert, how do you go about sharing your credibility? Well, you know, I mean,
2: all of the usual suspects as a marketing practitioner, I better be pretty good at sharing out what it is I do. Um, you know, so all, you know, see. Oh, all by the way,
0: of- surprisingly, there are many people who claim the cobbler's sh- kids shoes problem. So. <laughs>
2: exactly. Which is something, by the way, that I absolutely, I, it's just, it's, it's a pet peeve of mine, right? So if you're an agency or a consultant or anything like that, you can't claim cobbler's kids. You've got to make time for your own. Um, your, own, your own business. But it, ultimately, um, I think the best thing that allows me to uh, share my ability and expertise is the fact that I'm a perennial student. Um, you know, I was not a good student in college. Um, and so sort of went through the school of hard knocks to get my MBA and sort of have something to prove there. And so the whole point of me getting in and being a perennial student and constantly learning about what's going on, both in business specifically in marketing and then even more niche in content gives me that unique perspective to be able to share out what I learn um, from content and content strategy. And hopefully that's what sort of establishes me as an expert in the field.
0: You know, and in the green room, you had mentioned the importance of having content marketing or marketing elevated to a particular level. What share that thought? Cause that was so beautiful.
2: Well, it's, you know, it's my sort of, my, it's my adventure in life, right? Um, you know, I, truly when uh, I look at my big, hairy, audacious goal in life is, you know, I am a student of marketing, I am a student of content, and I absolutely believe that marketing deserves to be up there with the profession of doctor, lawyer anything else in the world that requires you know not only schooling but the kind of professions that we look up to marketer in many ways has become a bit of a derogatory term in in, in many ways and, and and it looked down upon in the scale of business and i think it belongs right up there because truly today true marketers, those who are telling valuable stories, creating valuable content, educating and delivering value to their customers. In the true, true words of, you know, one of my gurus, Philip Kotler, you know, the idea there is delivering that value is truly the differentiating thing in business today. And so I can think of really no
0: higher, better profession than being a marketer in today's world. I am, I am so with you on this. And if, (laughs) If you're, if you're watching this, if you're listening to this and you're, you're a CMO whose half-life is 18 months and you want to extend it, uh, if, if you're a CEO or sit on the board and you want your company to do something different, if you're just sitting out there and going, you know what, how cool would it be if marketing could really drive, because you know marketing and content marketing drives the implementation of the strategy at both the high and detailed levels, and if you want something like that, you're going to want to talk to Robert Rose. Robert, what is the best way for people to reach out to you? Well, aren't you the sweetest thing for asking me that? <laughs> um,
2: I'm yeah. not sure.
0: That's, <laughs> there are many things people call me. That's not always one of
2: them. I'm easily findable on, on the interwebs these days. So uh, certainly let's connect on LinkedIn um, or on Twitter. I'm Robert underscore Rose. Um, but the best place probably to my center of the universe is my website, which is contentadvisory.net. I got all the .net domains because as someone told me, it's the dad genes of domains. And so I decided that I was going to go .net. So yeah, contentadvisory.net is my little center of the universe.
0: (laughs) Beautiful. Well, thanks for sharing your credibility with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. And hey, for those watching, those listening, this message needs to get out. What Robert's saying needs to get out. So hey- share with your friends click on the like button and we'll see you at the next episode of thought Leader life take care bye now hi i'm mitchell levy global credibility expert and welcome to this special credibility episode of thought Lear life where we're talking to amazing humans from around the planet on who they are what they do in essence their credibility today's guest is tim ringold who is a board certified music therapist by the way our first one not that this will be the last, but I'm excited because Tim is an amazing human. So he's a board certified music therapist, author, columnist, and international speaker. He has provided music therapy to thousands of teens and adults in residential treatment, showing them how and why music helps us escape stress, stay focused, and be creative. Tim, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Mitchell. It's great to be here. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. And for our audience, could you say, what is your customer point of pain? What is your CPOP?
3: Yeah, you know, you know, working professionals who've got success stress.
0: Man, I so love that word. So hear this, right? Success stress. So that means that you, you're doing really well. Okay, that's a good thing. And inside the work environment, there's stress. So maybe you're dealing with it well, or maybe not. And then you come home and then you have stress there. So you take your work stress out on your home stress. So so, Tim, tell me a little bit more.
3: (laughs) Yeah, actually, you nailed it, Mitchell. You know, a lot of people feel really guilty when they're doing well. Uh, Like they don't have anyone to talk to about the stress they're under. They're rocking their professional life, you know, from nine to nine because they're they feel that they need to put that much work in. And then they come home and raising kids in a, you know. Modern digital reality is really stressful and so they've got stress at home. They've got stress at work They don't feel like they should complain about it because it should be all gratitude and blessings And yet the feeling of overwhelm is real for them The feeling of also kind of imposter is real for them. Like I'm I'm shining everyone on It's all looking good on the outside, but on the inside they're overwhelmed and the reality is that the stressed brain craves, and everybody reaches for something when they get stressed and you know could be beer, wine, or worse, but it could just be your phone, your fridge, or the
0: Netflix button on your remote control and, and Tell me a little bit more what do you end up doing? How do you help
3: yeah, so I teach people how to use music to relieve stress fast because most people know that music 's good for their their soul or their spirit or, or their mood. But what I'm trained in as a board-certified music therapist is how good music is for your brain and your body. So I teach people how to use music to reset their nervous system, get back into the present moment feeling safe, connected, confident, and being able to call upon their best mental resources in the moment to solve whatever the problems are that are facing them right here and now.
0: Yeah, I'm going to say that normally I say that 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 looks good. That feels good. I'm just going to say that sounds good. Okay. Um, (laughs) So so, Tim, share with the audience, how you have credibility to do what you do?
3: Yeah. Well, you know, I've been on stage since I was four and it wasn't really until I was 22 that music changed my life because in 1995, my five best friends were murdered. Mm. I went to five funerals in four days and at every funeral I sang a song to say goodbye to my friends as my way of saying goodbye. And my community embraced me for how healing the song was for them, but it tore me up. But fast forward to the night of the last funeral, I went to go see some live music. And for the first two hours, Mitchell, since I got the news, I found peace. Mm. And let me tell you no amount of drugs, alcohol, or cable TV numbed that pain all week. But the music did. The music did. And from that moment, Like I just decided the the purpose of my life is to empower people to reach for music in their toughest times. And so since that moment, I've been doing just that. And now today, my company, uh, we provide over 200 hours of music therapy a month to kids, teens, adults, and the elderly. I travel the country and abroad uh, teaching organizations and individuals how to reach for music to relieve stress fast so that they can get back to doing their best work. Because music resets the nervous system faster than any oral medication. I went and gave the first TED Talk on music therapy in 2012, uh, and I published uh, the first book of its kind on using music therapy with people who are struggling with reaching for digital distractions and harmful substances
0: called Sonic Recovery,
3: Harness the Power of Music to Stay Sober.
0: There we go. By the way, as a publisher, I always tell my authors, whenever you can, just show that book cover, talk about the book. And uh, and and you're board certified. I yes. mean, yeah, tell me about that.
3: Yeah, so to become a board certified music therapist, it's the highest level of training you you could achieve uh, when you want to use music to help other people. So Think of physical therapy where they use exercise in a targeted way to help people. A music therapist uses music in a targeted way to help people. So we get a bachelor's, master's, or PhD. You do a 1,200-hour clinical internship, national board certification exam, 100 CEUs every five years to maintain your uh, board certification. So it's, it's like way beyond what any other weekend training uh, or certification could do. I could hear that.
0: And and how do you go about sharing your credibility?
3: So there's a couple of different ways that I work with organizations or people. We work in actual treatment centers and facilities like live, in person, every week, showing people different ways to reach for music that's healthy. Uh, Also do it through uh, the book, do it through speaking. I'm speaking at conferences. I'm speaking at retreats, programs. Uh, As well as doing workshops, half day, one day workshops or retreats, uh, taking people in deeper and deeper dives. Because the more time we have, the more we can explore using music. And the real joy is being able to show people how musical they really are. Because Mm -hmm. Mitchell, in our culture, we have a myth, which is that most people aren't musical. And a few, just a few, those stars out there are. It's actually a cultural myth everybody's musical. Because if I gave you an egg shaker and I told you to scratch your head, everybody scratches in perfect rhythm. Your body is a rhythm machine. You can't escape rhythm. You may not be as coordinated as somebody else, but everybody is rhythmic. So in our workshops, we uh, this gives people time and space to experience their own musicality. Like, wow, I have this in me. I had no idea. In fact, I had a music teacher tell me I wasn't musical. And after just either seeing me at a conference or working with me in a workshop, they realized there's a musician in there and there has been the whole time. And what I give them is the the confidence to lean on music whenever they're feeling stressed or overwhelmed as a go-to tool to getting back centered, relaxed and present.
0: Mm. Well, thank you for that. And, and, And if you're watching, you're listening and you have your working professional with success stress, by the way, love that, uh, you kind of know who you are, and maybe you're hiding that, and at some point in time, it's going to manifest itself, I would suggest you reach out to Tim Ringold. and Tim, what would be the best way for people to do that?
3: Well, I love people, I love giving people the gift of relaxation, so the best thing to do is just go to timringold.com. And you'll see right there that I'm going to give you a gift. that's called the relaxation vacation. It's custom music that I have performed over a thousand times to clients. I've recorded it. You can download it and use it anytime you're feeling stressed to reset and feel better fast. And then you can just learn more about the different ways that you can reach for music in the future.
0: Mm. I appreciate that. And thanks. So, and, and of course, people can contact you based on your website as well. Yep, yep. And, and so thanks so much for sharing your credibility with us today. What a pleasure to get to know you. Thank you so much for having me, Mitchell. I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, you're welcome. And for those watching, those listening, uh, this message, for those who know somebody with success stress, uh, this message needs to be shared. So please share, uh, click on the like button, and we'll see you at the next episode of Thought Leader Live. Take care, everyone. Bye now. Hi, this is Mitchell Levy, and thanks so much for listening and spreading the cred dust. You know, in doing the research, what I recognize is that we are at war. Those people who are credible versus those people who are dubious. And Dubious Nation is winning a thousand times over. We've got to fix it. We owe it to ourselves. We owe it to future generations. So come on over to Credibility Nation. Become a member. Take the pledge. Learn what you can do to help bring more credibility to the world. I look forward to seeing you over here while you're being cred-tabulous. Thanks again for listening. Take care.
1: You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.